This reminds me of back in the day when your wife and you, mostly her, started her. asking me questions, and it was just off the cuff. <laughs> Those are the good old days, the early days. Yeah, we're gonna find out if they're good or not. So tonight, I have zero notes. Ooh, we're, so, we're raw, raw dog in this one. Very raw. <laughs> no preparation. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so I am. If you're like, who is this that's speaking about having no notes? If it's your first time. <laughs> I am Neil. I am the lead questioner here of Beer and Bible, and questioner being like questioning the Bible, because that's what we do. And you're the boss. I have all the responsibility and zero authority. <laughs> and this is Chris, a super high functioning alcoholic, the official Bible reader, and the other half of the show. Right. And so, ah, I have a third title now. <laughs> the yeah, other half. So that would just make me lead questioner in half of the show. I guess it could be employee if you're the boss. Like I'm not employee. <laughs> Subordinate? We'll figure that one out. First mate. (laughs) There you go. So tonight we are moving into Matthew chapter 15. And if you have not been keeping up with everything, or even if you have, I just want to remind us of something that's happening. Tonight we're finally getting to what I would call the Jewish midpoint of the book of Matthew. Mm -hmm. So we've had two stories that uh, we went from feeding 5,000 to Jesus calming the wind and waves. And this was the first time that we had where the disciples bowed down and were worshiping or recognizing Jesus. They've been cool with him being the rabbi. He's teaching. He's teaching them to heal things or healing. And then there was this moment where he calms the wind and the waves of a storm that they were in. And they recognize, oh, crap, this guy is the real stuff. And there's a, this turn of events. And this seems like such a small story. If you are a Christian, even somebody looking at a world religions perspective— we focus a lot on Jesus Christ, this Messiah that died, was buried, was resurrected. And from this idea, and I know this is really hard if you're way out of, away from Christianity, his death serves as some sort of sacrifice to appease the deity. And <laughs> Right? Right? Is yeah, that, no, you're, you're not wrong. This, is, this all tracks. Yeah, yeah. So he appeases the deity, and because of that, if you just say his name in a magical prayer, or if you just declare him or whatever it, it is— then you now are forgiven for all the bad stuff you've done in your life and you get to go to heaven. So it's kind of strange to say this is a very, very important part for Matthew. And you go, and what we're going to read tonight is going to feel like just a regular story. But I would like to argue and, and point again that we are, we are building up. He's fed the 5,000. He could have, they wanted to make him king in different stories. He has become really popular. He is sort of, what we're going to do is we're going to hit the peak popularity. And what I mean by peak popularity is he's going to still get more and more famous or more and more infamous. But if you think of it as people really like Jesus and he has a few haters, we're about to get to this point where he's going to have just as many or equal or just this huge amount of haters that are going to start showing up. And so we're going to have a lot of popularity, a lot of haters, and both of those groups are going to continue to grow. But we need a point where the haters are going to become equal or as strong in the book of Matthew in in this story. So Jesus is now on this other side of this lake and he's going to be having a meal with some people. So we're going to go ahead and pick up. Does he ever leave this damn lake? Everything's centered around that lake. I got to stay close to water. If I get too far from the water. Next story, we're going to move from the lake towards the ocean. Okay. He's like, I went into the desert that one time and Satan kept trying to fuck with me. So I'm sticking next to this damn lake. (laughs) Plus I can just sail to the other side to get away from these freaking fanboys for a while if I need to. Well, you're the one who, last time we brought up the idea of Get away of him. from his Swifties. Yeah, yeah. 
Jesus Eras tour. That's what we're in right now. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pick up in chapter 15. All right, hold on. Gotta, had to put my beer down and pick up the old Bible. I need a third hand. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Those disgusting fucks. It's pretty gross. <laughs> At the same time, nobody, well, not, not nobody, but they did not have soap in that sort of way. There's so, a lake right there. Yes. It's right there. Just rinse your hands <laughs> off. Just swish them around a little bit at least. Don't yeah. go grabbing everybody's food. So You nasty bitch. Right, right. So you heard them say the traditions of the elders. Mm-hmm. So this is not something that is in the Bible Bible or the Tanakh. This is in the traditions of people going, hey... We have these purity laws that come from the Tanakh, and specifically the ones that are regarding to the priests. Of the priests, you have to wash, you have to cleanse, you have to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Or if you um, if you have an emission of semen, which is you know, right there, and, uh, and I'm just telling you guys what's there. And so you have an emission of semen, you need to go bathe yourself after you've bathed your entire body, you are still unclean, and then at sunset, you are officially clean again. So it has more to do with ritual purity. Hmm. Why do you need to be clean? Like, why can't you just be, you know, crusty and gross and just go about your day? <laughs> and the reason for that is that if you were to enter the, into the temple, so if somebody's like, um, so you and your partner have a wonderful romantic evening, and then the next morning you wake up and you're like, uh, or you're like, hey, I need to go bathe myself. You bathe yourself, and somebody goes, hey, I'm headed to the temple. You want to come with me? You'd be like, no, I'll go after sunset. And they go right on, give you a little fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see what's yeah. going on. So you, yeah, so you, you got to be aware of these things. So, or you'll burst into flames when you go into the temple. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I think they've had some people who, who there are occasions where people could die from being in the temple, especially Ooh. the priests. Um, if the priest went into the Holy of Holies unclean on the day of Yom Kippur, they would die, which is why they would wrap the string or bells around their, their ankles. So like if they if they drag them back out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> oh, the thought. That's crazy. So there's this there were these practices to keep people pure, and then it was extended, and we see this in the Qumran society, which was the ones who made the wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Pharisees, where a lot of our modern day rabbinics, where the Mishnah and the Talmud, those things sort of arise from is how do we take some of these purity ideas and how do we apply them further into our lives? There's the extension of all of Israel. Everyone who's Jewish is, in a way, a priesthood for all the nations, so they have a need to be holy, which is why today, if you see uh, Jewish people wearing little kippahs, the the, the yarmulkes, Mm -hmm. that that was a priestly garment that has now been given to, that all Jewish men now adopt because they themselves are a royal priesthood. Mm. So... You know, it's funny, quick Please. tangent, quick tangent. Uh, going back to the rope thing, like to drag the body out if they get killed because they, yeah. they were dirty boys when they went back there. When it's funny, so for those that don't know, which is probably the entire audience, aside, you know, not only the multi-millions me and Neil make off this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> no, my actual career is as an automotive technician, or, you know, lamest terms, a mechanic. <laughs> and when hybrids first came out and got popular like so here i'm dating myself you know yeah. like <laughs> i'm putting i'm putting like a time stamp on myself when hybrids first came out they had a thing and i always thought it was a joke because we always heard that they had the uh, hybrid emergency kit or something for mechanics like if you're working on hybrids and they said it was a pair of gloves and a really long fiberglass hook so you could pull the body off once they got scorched and fucking died working on it. What? And I, it was always like a running joke. And then I talked to a guy who actually worked at a dealership, and he was like, "No, that's legit. Like for real, they sent us those so that like you could just pull the body off and not have to touch them if they end up smoking themselves." 
I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it kind of makes me think of the priest saying, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm they think- just sent a really long fiberglass pole so you could hook them and pull them off if you needed to. <laughs> Do you usually like pre-hook in? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, that is fascinating. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So priests and mechanics. Lots, <laughs> you make sure you're clean. Make sure you do everything exactly right or you die. Don't touch anything bright orange <laughs> under the hood. Yeah, that's in, I think that's in the priestly conduct mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Now that I've established this, here is going to be the question, and I want you guys, our audience, to hold two different interpretations in your mind about what these traditions are. There will be a test on this. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. All right. (laughs) Uh, The first one is, is this cultural? So that is, what makes us Jewish? If you think of a Roman-occupied Israel... They're all sitting around, and they are they are seeing uh, gymnasiums and theaters and things that are very culturally Roman starting to be built and constructed around their cities. They are having more Greeks and Romans move in. They are trying to hold on to their culture, which is where you start getting a lot of these traditions. And for Jesus' disciples not to follow the traditions and not to be within the culture could be a large thing. So in case you can't tell from our voices and you did not know, or maybe you just don't hear color— Chris and I are very white, <laughs> but if you exceptionally white, we're we're a really light shade. Yes, yes. So if you think of an African American community, where you would say these things are what makes somebody African American, these cultural elements, we do have something in at least in the West or in America, we talk about a cultural appropriation, and cultural appropriation assumes there are aspects of somebody's culture that belong to them. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a little bit of the reverse. Here are aspects of our culture that do define us as Jewish people, and your disciples are not maintaining that thing. This would be, and I'm, I'm going to be making this up, so do not assume that I know anything about this, but let's say we're in an African-American uh, community and women are getting their hair straightened. And, they're tr- and so what might happen, and this, as far as I can tell, has happened in the 1960s during the Civil Rights Movement, is that some women were saying, no, that's not our culture. You should have natural hair. You straightening your hair is moving away from our culture. And again, this is me having read this and seen this and heard about this. And to say, you are going against our culture. Why are you doing these things? Mm -hmm. And so for Jesus' disciples, they are living in this world, living in this culture. And is this a matter of you are losing your Jewish identity? You're losing your Jewishness. Mm. So that was the one kind of one. Yes, yeah, this is this is cultural and breaking away from it is breaking apart the entire identity hmm. of who we are as a people. Yeah. The other one is going to be this idea of here are the traditions that have been passed along and Jesus rocking the boat on what is traditionally held. These are the practices. So it's not about identity or people. It's about practice. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. OK. Yes. Cool. So we've set this up. There are rules about when you go to eat a meal and before you start eating dinner or breakfast or brunch, as we talked about, they would wash their hands. And you might be wondering, why would you need to wash your hands before a meal? If you are out at the marketplace and you're just buying your sheep or something and you pass money to somebody, or what if you brush up against a Gentile? Who knows if that Gentile just pet a pig? You don't know Mm -hmm. what they've touched and how that transfers. What if they were just scratching their ass, like up under the tunic, like... 
you don't know. Like, even yeah. if we're talking about, like, <laughs> does not make you richly impure. Makes you gross. Yeah, yeah. You still need to wash. <laughs> still, please, for, for the rest of us. And we're also sharing meals and all that. But so you wash your hands and it makes sure that the ritual impurity, the things that we discussed in Leviticus, don't get passed over to you and to your table. Mm. If you go and so I could like dick you over by being like, like go rub a pig and then be like, hey, Neil, high five and just not tell you. And yeah. now you're unclean too, and you don't even know it. But if you go and wash your hands before you eat, yes, you're, exactly, you're good. So it's like a fail safe. It's like deep back to default mode. Like it doesn't matter what I touched. Boom. Exactly. Now I can eat, and I don't spread it to anybody else or the food. You're in, and I'm good. That's exactly it. Cool. So now, now are we again holding the two ideas? Is this because if I don't do this, am I no longer part of our ethnic background? Am I breaking away from our ethnicity and our traditions and who we are? Or is it just a matter of these are things within our community that we're discussing mm-hmm. and are breaking just quote unquote traditions? So that those are the two ideas we're holding on to. And we've got that settled. Let's go ahead. And so that's why coming right. back to the verse, that's why they were questioning because of Jesus's like, why aren't yes. they washing their hands? And also remember Jesus is living in a time where rabbis are discussing this is the way you should do it. That's what the, why, the way you should do it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they were accusatory. They might be going, Hey, this is the standard. Like this is 80% of the Pharisees do it this way. Question: I know that you wash your hands. We watch that. We've been watching you crazy, so we know you wash your hands. We know that those guys wash their hands, but we don't know why not all of your disciples did. Yeah, are they just slow in the uptake? Are they new disciples? Like they're just trying to figure. So it's a legit question. That that was gonna be my question. Is like, is Jesus on the hate list yet, or are they still just kind of watching him and feeling him out at this point? It's this is this story in Matthew, from my opinion, having read it a couple times, is that. Tonight's episode is the tipping point where we're going to start to see as many haters as many as as many followers. Gotcha. And I, I'm not saying that that's an actual number, but I'm saying from the Mathian standpoint, we have 5,000 people that love healthcare and legs. Yeah. We've got the disciples. We've got this amazing guy. People like him. We've already had stories where some of the haters were like, yeah, well, that guy casts out demons by the power of the devil. Like, they were already showing, throwing insults. Right. But this is going to be the point where it starts changing. There is one historian where you that, start stepping on some toes, yeah. and people are like, "Ah, we don't like this Jesus guy. He's a rabble rouser. He's a he's, yes, he's new new age. We don't <laughs> like this guy. We want the old age." Yeah. One historian named Mark Moore believes that this is the point. Once Jesus goes against their traditions, in this point, because they, he goes against their ethnicity, that was the point where the group decided they were going to kill Jesus. We got to kill this motherfucker. Yeah, so that, that's his take on this. <laughs> Dang. So this is way, <laughs> way more important than most people realize. Yeah. Let's okay. go and read the next section. All right. Jesus replied. Oh, here he goes. Here he comes with his sass, his Jesus sass. Uh, not Jesus ass. Jesus sass, like sassiness. I mean, he probably had that ass too, but this is just sass. <laughs> he anyway. Was, he was carrying beams. He was like squats. <laughs> Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father. Did I just skip this? Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. It's the wording of it. He, let me, let me, re, let me restart that last yeah. one. But you say, sorry guys, I'm only two beers in so far. I haven't got my, got the juice in me yet. But. You not I had a pre podcast beer. Not two beers in this like however many minutes you've been listening. <laughs> I, I I had to lube up the okay. Anyway, anyway. 
All right. Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me as a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. That kind of got, got, that got a little jumbled. I didn't really understand what he was saying there. Okay. So, again, we're going back to traditions. Yeah. We know this is coming from the top ten. Like these are the main commandments. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Let me see if I can figure out my translation of this real quick. All right. So he says, but if you say blah 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 blah, so it's kind of like if you're the kid and you say to your parents, whatever help I gave you was devoted to God, not you guys. Yes. With it, thus you nullify the word of God. Then you're, I don't know. You're not it's, honoring the father and mother. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Okay. So, so hmm. what's happening is you've got a bunch of adults. And they, unlike us, they don't have nursing homes and retirement communities. Yeah. So they stay with you. Your job as a child is to care for the elderly. This happens in pretty much everywhere else in the world except for USA. That is, USA. Yeah, me and Stacey have had a lot of conversations about that. My wife works in assisted living or like, you know, geriatric communities. So, yeah. Yeah. So she probably has terrible stories of people not oh, yeah. showing up. The, and Yeah, their kids don't come or anything. Mm-hmm. Or like they're in a nursing home. Anyway, no guilt for anybody for any of that, but... Right, right. Yeah. So the top 10 commandments includes honor your father and mother. And so Jesus is saying, okay, you guys are getting after these disciples for not washing their hands. However, we know that the Torah, the Bible, the thing that actually was spoken by God said you should honor your father and mother. And you guys have this loophole, essentially, where you can take something and say... I have received money or offerings or I have this cow. And you could say like, I am setting this aside for God. So let's say I have a cow and I say, I'm going to sacrifice this to God. Yeah. And somebody says, well, can you use that to plow the field? I say, oh, no, no, I can't use that to plow the field because that's going to go to be sacrificed to God later on. And I could cut myself off from that and say, I can't derive any benefit. But maybe if you come along and you say, hey, I need to borrow your cow because I need to plow a field. I can be like, oh, well, because I'm not getting any benefit from it, it's okay for you to use it. Hmm. It's almost like the savings account situation where you pull stuff away. Uh, I want to say in the Mishnah or the Talmud, there is a story or an example of if I have a set amount of money that I'm going to give and dedicate to God, but then a guest comes over and I don't have enough money to cover that guest food or prepare or treat them hospitably, mm-hmm. I can pull money out of that account use that to treat them to a nice dinner and take care of them. And then that's okay. And then, you know, because you're doing it for God or you're you're still serving someone like, yeah, it it doesn't benefit you. You're not feeding yourself. You're not buying yourself a new shirt or something. And I can go and add money back to that and then give that back to God. So it's, it's okay to use like as a, as a savings account sort of thing. Hmm. So Jesus is saying, you guys are the ones that came up with this concept of Corban. You're the one who came up with this idea where you can set stuff aside and give it to God, which if you think about that is a really awesome thing. If I got a bonus from work and I took that and I said, I am not going to spend a single dime of this check on myself. I'm going to give it to the Lord. And you guys were all held me to it and made sure that I never, I only gave every last cent and penny of that to God. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But what they're doing is they're saying, I'm setting this aside, but I'm not using the money and I'm not taking care of my mother and father. Mm. They are doing, quote, unquote, a good thing. And I think this if you're trying to look at how this might apply to yourself or ideas of this, there are a, a myriad of ways, whatever you think 
would be a good, noble thing to do at the cost of somebody else or at the cost of something probably greater. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to go gotcha. and... It was the way the wording was on that. Like, I'd be interested to see it worded a different way and see how it, like, like a different addition or, or translation. Yeah. And it's also just weird because what is Corbin? What is this whole thing? Yeah. And so Jesus saying, here's what God says. Here is a tradition that you hold. And the tradition you hold is superseding and impeding on the thing that God is saying. Yeah. Screw your rules, man. That's what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> All right. You want to hear? You guys made these rules up. These are the rules of man, man. I'm God's son. So he is about to lay into them. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Let's hear him say it. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Um, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Ooh, damn. I bet, I bet his disciples are just like, oh, their jaws are on the floor. Just like, oh shit, this is not good. <laughs> like they're probably half of them are probably like, yeah, fuck those guys. And the other like hype men hyping up yes. Jesus and then the other ones are like like probably Matthew especially is like oh shit you probably shouldn't uh probably shouldn't have shit on that doorstep like whoa <laughs> I now that you bring that up I've never thought about that but I could see like mixed reaction depending on their like earlier status within the Jewish community and how you know yeah because Matthew I think was well I don't know for sure Matthew potentially could have been more on the Sadducee side because he was like I'll tax them yeah but Peter James and John I could see those guys being like what yeah or maybe those guys were like yeah screw those like uppity middle class people we're the lower class brats (laughs) a couple things first let's start with how his first you hypocrites right (laughs) there's no points to this just a question for you do you know where the word hypocrite came from no Okay. It I'm, sounds Greek or something. Right. So you're <laughs> yes. in this. Exactly. You, so still your board. Uh, so if you think of it this way, we earlier mentioned that the Romans have come in and occupied and they have been putting in gymnasiums and theaters and all this kind of stuff. Hypocrite is an actor who would wear these masks that were kind of like a megaphone. Mm-hmm. And so they would have the face, but they were actually actors behind it and they would project their voices and project who their character was. Mm-hmm. So a couple things. You are you're talking to a Jewish audience that is anti going to gymnasiums and anti bathhouses and anti going to the theaters. Uh, it had Oh dude, so he cuts them with like yeah. like deeper than okay. And there is no Aramaic equivalent to this. So if he's speaking to them in their language, in Aramaic, he has to switch to Greek to insult them with their oppressor's language. And since they're scholars, they I'm sure they know it. Oh, yeah. You know? So that's like a deeper cut because he's like, you guys are just as bad as, like you just yes. said, the oppressors or the, the people ruling us. Like, <laughs> dang, dude. You guys, Woo. and they wouldn't go to the theaters because of all the stuff that would happen. Yeah. Because the theaters were all the people acting and doing all the Greek stuff saying all the language, doing all the things that were not Jewish at all. Mm -hmm. And another example would be that if they're like, hey, we have a play and there's a sex scene in it and you're going to play the girl and you're going to play the guy and you guys are going to go at it on the, like, that would just be part of it. Hmm. That just was not in the rabbinic mindset of like, this is where we want to spend our Saturday afternoon. So for Jesus to just be like, you, you're just like them. Yeah. You're basically actors. (laughs) Yes. You're actors. You're playing it being Jewish. You're playing. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, that's that's tough. That's hmm. then that's he, some hardcore shit, right? Then he goes from that. So he goes, 
you switches to Greek, use the Greek word for something that they hate, and then says, now I'm going to quote to you a Bible verse that you guys have all memorized. This is straight from your books, your traditions, and he just calls them out using this scroll from Isaiah, which was... He, like, takes their own gloves away from them and smacks them in the face. <laughs> like, yes. I God. love that. Man, I didn't realize he... Come, like, ooh, he has some hate in his heart right there. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. He came with the fire. It's like, from one side, he uses the Greek culture and everything you hate, and then he takes the thing that you love ah. and then slaps you on the other face with it. Yeah. He just goes for it. So you guys are concerned either about your ethnic <clears throat> traditions and what you guys believe is culturally important using the african-american thing i mentioned earlier that's again imagine if the african-american community turns to somebody says you are not acting black Mm -hmm. you are not acting the way you should and jesus coming and being and going who are you to tell me what is and is not black we are all jewish ethnically we are all who are you to define what makes somebody african-american or not gotcha and that is a at least in my school, I went to American University, uh, studied intercultural relations, and, and that is a conversation that was happening there, and I heard people discuss these ideas. What does it mean to be part of a group, of an mm-hmm. ethnic group, and say, you are in, you are out. <clears throat> in order to be Jewish, you need to act and behave this way. Yeah. Or the other side, you know, that's one side, and the other side is, you guys aren't washing your hands. You guys aren't keeping up with our traditions. This is the way we do things. And it could be to Jesus' point. It's like, hey, why is it that you guys aren't doing this thing? And Jesus saying, here's why. Or why are you guys focused on the practice yeah. of this? Yeah, you're looking at the wrong shit here. Yeah. Yeah. You're too tied up on the law, like this, and you're not doing it like from the heart or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So let's go ahead and continue a little bit further into the, the dang story. the whole hypocrites thing. That's got me fucked up. Like, <laughs> that's crazy because you think like reading it's just like oh you hypocrites and it's like okay, but just diving into the time it makes it the blade that much sharper. Like it puts some put some poison on the dagger when he hits him with the hypocrites thing. It's not just like oh you hypocrites. It's like yeah they are hypocrites. It's just like ooh Jesus just fucked them up. Like I don't think now this is <laughs> if any of you are huge into etymology, please correct me. Find us on Instagram, at Beer and Bible Show. Yep. But as far as I know, the phrase hypocrite that we use in English regularly comes from the Bible. Mm. Like, this is the first time. So when Jesus said it, they only understood it as Greek actor. He Mm. goes, you Greek actors is probably a better translation. Wow. That's (laughs) the way I would. Now looking at it, if if I were to translate this in the Bible, I would have written, and then Jesus said to them, you Greek pornographic actors. Hey, I, I, we know a guy. If you want to make some recommendations on like translations or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Joey doesn't translate. He, he just tries to see what's right. What's the original Greek? Well, he might know a guy. Yeah, he might know a guy. <laughs> we'll tell him that's something that's wrong with the scrolls. It needs to be you Greek porn stars. <laughs> oh, okay, so that's man. He is shooting some flames out here. All right, uh, honor me with your lips. Worship me in vain. Your teachings are but rules taught by men. Ha, dang. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen, under, uh, understand. What go- Damn, he's heated now. He's like, gather around, everybody. <laughs> like, these guys are still standing there in listen shock. Up. Yeah, <laughs> listen up, you motherfucker. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Woo. 
Dude. Now he's putting him on blast in front of everybody. He's like, no, no. And I don't think he's yelling at them, but he's like, all right, come around. This is good subject matter. Gather around, y'all. Like, let me tell you something right now. Like, what you say is more important than what goes in your mouth. Yes, exactly. He's going after them. I do love where he pulls everyone together. So, hey, some people say, hey, hey, question for you. Um, Saw that your disciples aren't doing the things that they should be doing, that we said they should be doing. And I, we, you're doing it. We, we knew you're cool. And then he goes, you son of a... And he just like lays into them. And then and instead of letting them go away, he goes, all right, fine. You know what? Screw it. Everybody. <laughs> like, let me make this real clear for you guys. Like, let's. This is a teaching moment here. We're going to use this as, a, this as a teaching moment. <laughs> yeah. And he just lays into them. So you guys are all worried about, again, you said earlier, giving, a, giving me a high five. I go and I don't wash my hands. I eat something. I'm now unclean. I go to the temple. You got to use the fiberglass rod to pull me off the Tesla. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, so yes. <laughs> so let's go ahead and read the next section. All right. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? <laughs> he replied, Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. He's worked up. Yes. Uh, translation, you know, this is the English, this is the C C J S version, you know, the Christopher Stanley version, is, uh, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you know, they weren't too too keen on what you said back there. Oh, oh, is, oh, is that true, Peter? <laughs> you know, fuck them. That's, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> I don't think That's I've, what I heard there. <laughs> I don't think I have anything scholarly to add to that perfect interpretation of that verse <laughs> jesus i can see him, like sitting there shaking a little bit like this some of those motherfuckers <laughs> oh, yeah. got me all worked up <laughs> in front of my friends <laughs> they weren't even ready to rap battle they just had to turn around and leave <laughs> like like shit we got got that's why they're like now we're gonna kill this motherfucker he made us look like assholes in front of half the community Probably right. most of the community five thousand people i don't know if they're still around but whatever chunk of people were there like Jesus schooled some Pharisees, man. He made them look like idiots. So we've talked about how this was all being discussed, but it wasn't solidified. Though this was not solidified, it was taken as generally very, very common. So let's say if 95% of the Pharisees, of the Jewish people, or not the Jewish people, but of the Pharisaical section of the Jewish community, who Jesus, by the way, is probably mostly aligned either with the Pharisees or with the Essenes, the mountain people we've talked about before, the yeah. Qumran school, the Qumran society or the Dead Sea Scrolls. But for the most part, the way that Jesus talks, he aligns with them. So finally, these guys, who are all part of his sociopolitical religious party, <clears throat> hey, we notice that you are not doing things the party line. He says, not only am I not doing it right, I'm going to tell you guys you're doing it all wrong. Yeah. And you guys, and not not only, I'm not even just addressing the hand-washing thing, I'm going to address the very pattern of life that you guys have. I'm going to hit you at the roots. Right. <laughs> and so he... Then he gathers them around instead of being like, okay, I rocked the boat politically a little bit and my party's going to be pissed at me. He's like, no, I need more no, people go, to listen to I this. I go all in. So Jesus goes from 5,000 or 15,000 people fed. They want to make him king to F you all. <laughs> and, and and I'm sure his PR guys are like, hey, uh, Jesus, you know, did you know you 
No, they're over in the backpack and shit up. They're like, <laughs> we got to fucking go. We're all about to be on the cross. <laughs> Is the boat ready? Is the boat ready? Yeah, get the boat ready. Get the fucking boat ready. Storm or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anyways, your interpretation's perfect. Let's continue on. <laughs> Jesus is wild. Oh, man. Peter said, explain the parable to us. <laughs> Whatever you just said, piss them off. <laughs> Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. (laughs) Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean, but eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Yeah, of course, Peter. (laughs) Peter's like, hey, uh, so Jesus, that that was pretty... Intense. So, uh, you know, we were, I mean, we were all listening. We get it, but could you just go through it again? Peter, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Save for Judas. Yeah. <laughs> Save for Judas. Yeah, so, so Mark, actually, he didn't quite understand what's going on. If you could just tell us what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like Jesus's. I think it's that Jesus hasn't had a chance to rest in a very long time. He tried to go rest for a little while. He gets chased down by a crowd. He heals them, <laughs> feeds them, and then he's, he's running like, on fumes. He, he decides he's going to walk across the, the lake for a little while, a little quiet time. Instead, he gets yelled at, hey, Jesus, can I get out of the boat? And he's like, gosh, dang. And then he had to go save him, rescue Peter, put him up there. And they're like, oh, but the wind and the waves. He's like, fine, I'll calm those down. He gets there. He's like, I just want a nice meal. And somebody's like, hey. He's uh, been working, like, working his ass off. I just imagine Jesus sitting down at Chipotle. And somebody's like, hey, hey, hey. Like, kind of like, the, like, can I get a selfie? Like, you're, you're, yeah. He just closes his eyes real slow and, like, sets his silver <laughs> down. Just focus on the breath. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> so, um,. Yeah, notice that your disciples don't wash their hands. <laughs> and so he pisses everybody off. He's got to leave. And then the guys are like, hey, uh, Jesus, we get it. However, can you say it? God, God and the devil are still like riding that whole like betting game like on the phone with each other. Like, guarantee you, Satan's like, guarantee you, Jesus is going to hit one of those motherfuckers with a lightning bolt. <laughs> one of those Pharisees. God's like, no, no, he's got this. He's got this. My boy's going to chill. Guy's like, shit, he might fuck one of those dudes up. <laughs> No, no. He's like, oh, yep, played it off of the words. Got him. Yes. Verbally fucked him. <laughs> Still uh, hasn't laid hands. So now I love where we've landed here is that they're asking Jesus what to do. And he's going, you guys are worried about washing your hands and what you consume, possibly potentially going into your uncleanness, becoming part of you. And then you're going to have to deal with getting washed, getting ceremonially clean. You're focused on the wrong shit. Right. And he's saying it's from the heart. Like he, he, when he said he's explaining himself from the mouth is what makes someone unclean. It's like the heart, the issues that you deal with internally. So I'm going to try and correlate this. This is no study. This is just my thoughts on this thing is I want to try and keep this story a little tighter. So he is saying, here's a big sin. By the way, I have not talked about how big of a sin this is. So in Judaism, you have 613 commandments. You only have two commandments that have rewards attached to them. Mm. And they are uh, to honor your father and mother. I remember that one. And then do you remember the next one? I can't I can't remember it. It is Damn to it. shoo the hen away from the nest when you gather the eggs. Oh, I knew it was something with the chicken. Yes. It, it's not one of the top ten. It's, it's I knew it was no, one of the chicken. It's random. And the reward attached to them is the same reward. It's that you will have a, a long life and it will go well with you for both of them. 
and so some rabbis interpreted this as the mother and father being the hardest commandment to keep and shooing the hen away from the nest when you collect eggs is the easiest because like how else are you going to go get those eggs oh you just reach under sometimes you get a snake bite really I, yeah i had to dig some snakes out of my uh neighbor at our last house she had a chicken coop across from the house and she'd call us call me or stacy every once in a while when there was a snake in there because she said you reach in and feel something you feel a f- snake up under the chicken the last one was like a black racer it was a little skinny really fast bitey snake i got his ass out of there though it might have been a female i'm not sure but yep snake wrangler in the chicken coop so that's another good that's a safe reason to yeah. shoot the hen away because then you don't get bit by a damn snake so once again like this is just common sense not that hard but then to honor your father and mother is very difficult and so for jesus to call them out and say you guys are missing the major commandments and you're doing this probably with an, I'm guessing, him try, assuming or knowing that these guys are doing it with a bad heart. A hate in their heart. Hate in their heart, yeah. Uh, and so he's he explains this to his disciples, and it's not about washing the hands. I want to bring in Mark into this. I want to say in the Gospel of Mark, this, that's Mark's biography of Jesus. He tells the story, and he says that Jesus declares all food clean. Hmm. And for those of you who are, who are, again, keeping these two concepts in their in their mind of what's going on here, one is ethnically, is Jesus breaking down the definition of what makes somebody ethnically Jewish? So, again, this would be if you have come to a conclusion that in order to be Hispanic, you have to do these cultural things. You have to understand this music. You have to... You, one of the things that, that's come up, I think, in Hollywood is um, actresses that have Latin American last names that can't speak Spanish. Mm. And there's this whole thing of, well, you know, is she really Hispanic? Because they're saying in order to be Hispanic, culturally or ethnically, we assume that this is important to you. Or if you're African-American, this is what African-American means. And you have to act this way. Yeah. doesn't matter your skin color. You have to act this way. So Jesus, is he breaking down, quote unquote, the stereotypes or the restrictions and saying Judaism and loving God and being a follower of God is not about these tropes or these experiences or these things that you've created? Or is he saying that you guys have built all these things and you've created all these traditions that don't really matter? And you might try and say both and, but I want to point out the big distinction here. If you view it as an ethnic thing, and the people that do generally look at it as what are the ethnic uh, distinctions, it's that the Jewish culture, the Jewish law, the Torah, the 613 commandments, some of those commandments are about distinguishing them away from non-Jewish people. We have 613 commandments, and let's say 50 of them are all in regards to why we are different than somebody else. So if you say Jesus is breaking down these ethnic ideas, we can drop those 50 commandments, which might be ceremonial laws and it might be um, food laws. Hmm. So you might come to the conclusion when, especially in Mark, when it says Jesus declared all foods clean, you can say that is the point where Jesus says it's okay to eat pork. That's where Jesus says it's okay to eat shrimp. Let's go back to the other side. If we're saying it's not about those purity laws it's more about how those laws are interpreted or how those laws are enacted you would start and you would preserve the 613 commandments and what jesus is saying is all the traditions and things that you've added on top of those are getting in the way of your practice of the original 613 yeah 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 that that makes sense so there i, I want to be very clear when we finish this lesson here there are two 
different ways of interpreting Jesus. And I want to sort of invite you guys as our audience to understand those two interpretations and how that... Yeah, we're not sitting here saying to, like, disclaimer that Jesus said, oh, go eat pork. We're not We're not fighting yeah. that fight. We're not doing that. And, we're just and we're, saying this is... And we're yeah. not saying he didn't say go eat pork. Right, right, right. We're, we're just saying here are these two ideas. And so I, I've, I opened this up talking about how excited I was about this being the Jewish midpoint. So if you are a Jewish reader of the book of Matthew... You get to this point and you read how he is breaking your traditions, your cultural traditions here. And you don't. And now is he saying, I've just smashed this thing and opened it up. And our concept of Judaism is cracked wide open. And what does it mean to come to God and to love God is completely different than the way we have been living. Or is he saying the way that we have been doing things, our interpretation of these things is off. Yeah. You're getting in your own way. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's it for tonight. Hmm. That's I said. We're like our Jewish midway point. Yeah. Don't go to your Jewish friend and tell him that he's wrong for not eating pork because Jesus said it's okay. Go and <laughs> tell your Jewish friend to come listen to the podcast. That would be so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, conquistadors all over. That would like, definitely go the opposite direction. Jesus said it's fine to eat pork. <laughs> yeah, we don't even believe in Jesus. Well, you should. <laughs> That's not very Christ-like. Yeah. <laughs> oh man guys thanks for listening as always hit us up on at beer and bible show um instagram that's where you're gonna get the most feedback we, yeah. we we've got a facebook which you know hit if that's your avenue hit us up but yeah check us out on instagram um give us a follow give us some feedback like seriously we're you know like i said we're mega millionaires off this mm-hmm. at this point but <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I mean, we do read the comments. We do look. So you guys holler at us. So just yeah. let us know what you think. And I, don't forget, we're starting the new thing. Buy Chris a beer. Oh, reach out to us. Oh yeah, okay. This guy's got a habit. I keep forgetting about that. I got a drinking hobby. Yeah. Habit. Hobby. Hobby sounds better. All right, you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will catch you guys next Wednesday. See ya.